Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, let's start with some irrefutable, indisputable, indubitably good news. Our good old NHS has worked a miracle, got the two-year waits down to a handful. About 22,500 people who'd been waiting two years or more have been treated. A further 51,000 who would have breached the two years by the end of July have also been sorted. Now there are just over 2,500 uh, two-year waiters, about 1,500 opted to defer treatment and 1,000 were very complex cases. A combination of planning, surgical hubs, digital first, good management, moving patients around the system, indefatigability and a gallon or two of sweat, job done. And perhaps a sprinkling of NHS England's verisimilitude. Because... They didn't all need whopping operations. A lot will have been day cases and more than some will have been scans, checks or routine treatments. Nevertheless, any number waiting is a cause for worry. A big number is a big worry and a big number becoming a smaller number is a big less of a worry. So well done. There'll be a back or two that needs patting. Just make sure whoever's in charge does it. Sending a letter from the desk of someone at NHS England never gets seen by the people actually doing the work. Celebrating success, however, however small, is very important, a very, very important part of workplace motivation. Now, we have to move to the goal of 330,000 waiting for a year. How? Well, Francis of Assisi first said it and Desmond Tutu made it famous. How do you eat an elephant? Answer, a bit at a time. Elephant steaks, kebabs, elephant burgers, stew, hot pot, soup and ragu. How do we reduce waiting lists? One patient at a time. A scan, an investigation, one blood test, one operation, bit by bit. It's all in the NHS recovery plan. I linked to that this morning. It's a horribly long, nearly 50 pages document with a flim flam forward, you know, the usual people working incredibly hard, world leading, overcome, all of that. The basics, well, there are three things plus the money. More staff, digital first, sharing best practice. The money, well, in truth, Her Majesty's Government have come up with 5.9 billion investment in capital for beds, equipment and technology. Uh, 2 billion elective recovery fund to pay for the consumables overheads and overtime. And 700 million for the what's called targeted investment fund to help drive up and protect elective activity. Good. Very. But the recent pay increase for NHS staff is only partially funded by Her Majesty's Government and NHS England says it will find the two billion shortfall. They've said it'll come out of diagnostics and technology, both of which are pivotal for elective recovery. More beds means more staff and we ain't got none and that's why bully boy Barclay has ordered more nurses from overseas. Ah, just like that. In June last year, the Philippines government capped nurse numbers going overseas to 6,500. It caused a row because of the 868-odd thousand registered Filipino healthcare workers in 2018, less than a quarter remain in the Philippine system. 
mainly because Filipino public hospital nurses earn 57% lower than their peers in Vietnam, the second lowest paying country in Southeast Asia. They go abroad to earn more money and send it home. It's worth millions to the Philippine government. Filipino healthcare workers pioneered migration, but with their home system struggling to cope, how many and for how long has become hot politics? A spike in migration has left India facing one of its worst shortages of nursing staff in recent years, and there's a local row about the future. In a global shortage of healthcare workers, I wouldn't base a policy of NHS expansion on either of those two nations. Most of the other non-red list countries, and I've published the red list today, you can link to it, most of them pay more, have migration restrictions to come here, or have their own problems. Our next big waiting list push is going to be called Super September. It's based on Nottingham, Sheffield and other trusts lead Super Saturdays, performing the same procedure all day to reduce changeover times for equipment and staff. The last two weeks in September will see some trusts throw the kitchen sink at outpatients, diagnostics, checks, treatments and operations in a quest for innovation, Lazarus, Houdini, sharing good ideas and exceptionalism. The NHS has the talent, the ideas and the desire to sort out waiting. And waiting lists are politically toxic and neither dizzy nor slick seem to have much in the way of new ideas. If I were them, I'd ask the NHS very nicely to do its best. Say good luck and leave them to sort it out. Because you know what? I think they will. Thanks for listening. This has been Really Hope Speaking Kids.